the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black in Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Happy February 10th to you. In a moment of laughter or cuteness in my world, one of the first headlines that jumps out today is, here's kind of what's wrong with the world. It would have to be uh, tied towards Katy Perry blasted for changing Beatles song. Do people really have that much time in their hands? Sunday night, there was a Beatles tribute, the night that changed America, a Grammy salute. A lot of celebrities and musicians turned out to pay tribute. Uh, Paul McCartney, Ringo Starr were on, for, on hand to see and watch. and She changed the word in yesterday, man to girl. The Beatles weren't amused. The Beatles fans weren't amused. I don't know. I just think America has too much time on our hands. Why Beatle fans are steamed at Katy Perry. Now, on the other hand, McDonald's. U.S. sales suffer under the chill of the winter weather. They had a bad quarter last quarter, and their stocks held up. That tells you that people believe in the company. That, yes, there is the trend of healthier food, uh, more locally sourced. But there's also the trend of there's poor people in America who can have a meal at McDonald's. Uh, Google passes Exxon to become the number two company in the United States based on size. The Internet company's market cap surpassed that of the oil company ExxonMobil. Uh, it's about $395 billion. That's a pretty big company. Now, size does matter because you've seen it with companies like Microsoft with Cisco in the past where they kind of rocket ship up and then to become a $392 billion company to become a, let's just round up and go to $800 billion, it's the law of big numbers. And it's, it's a little bit tougher to pull off. Now, for, you know, good sakes, uh, Google, you have to give a lot of credit to that they're trying to really show various areas that they can get into uh, that might be billion-dollar franchises and enterprises. I'm worried about Google in the sense that the Yahoo-Yelp deal that was announced over the weekend is what Google's missing. 
There's a lot of buzzwords, but not only do you want to be a social company, but you also want to be a, a connected company. Yelp is a very is a company that really very much so gets connectivity. Last week they reported earning seventy; they were solid. I said next up probably a hundred. Said a hundred today. Now again, the Yahoo deals in of itself not that crazy. It's I think it's more positive for Yahoo than it is for Yelp. It's taken a lot of their data and integrated into Yahoo searches. When you Google search, you don't get anything on Twitter. You don't get anything about Facebook. You don't get anything on on Yelp. Uh, maybe do the Yelp, but uh, you can see that they're missing some of the components. So it'll be very interesting to see if uh, you know Yelp should probably be acquired at some point in time. In my opinion, is it a standalone company? Could be, but why is it publicly traded? Then I don't know. Um, I could see Yelp being acquired by an Apple. So maybe a McDonald's, uh, Microsoft and McDonald's, <laughs> a five-star restaurant suddenly overnight. So Boeing is in the news today, and they're, for an obvious reason, a very good trend. The world's biggest plane maker expects nearly half of the world's air traffic growth will be driven by the Asia-Pacific region over the next 20 years. Okay, now, what did I just say? Because that's an investment theme. Boeing said nearly half the world's air traffic growth will be driven by the Asia-Pacific region over the next 20 years. That's why you have to have exposure into international markets, especially Asia. So uh, demand for planes, they see uh, uh, up to 13,000 planes, $1.9 trillion, tripling the size of the aircrafts out there. Not the size, but the the number of fleets. And one of the reasons they see this is a rise in disposable incomes. Disposable incomes drive economies. Driven economies push ever so higher stock markets. So we are a great stock market, in my opinion. We are capitalist-based. But there's other people out there just as fine. We're probably the most politically stable in the sense that I don't think we're going to see any coups. But then again, maybe on 24. So Fox. Who knows? (laughs) I guess that's what that show is all about, right? Potential coups of the president. Mr. President, what are you going to do? 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. The Sochi Olympics, one of the stories that's not being told. I don't know if you've looked, but there's no one in the stands. No one. Sochi Olympic organizers say some volunteer workers are being given seats to ensure facilities are closer to capacity. Um, some of the stories that are coming out, like today it's 65 degrees there. Winter Olympics and 65 degrees do not mix terribly well. You don't want to hear that combination. So those are the top three business stories, top four business stories. The Yelp, McDonald's, Google, and Boeing. Um, I'm sure there's other ones out there that are important. Um, one of the ones that I saw that I think we should talk about is baby boomers. So they you know, were tied towards the workforce, and they you know, got out of the workforce, and now they're just becoming disenfranchised with it and leaving it as a trend. The share of Americans in the labor force, known as the, participant rate, the participation rate, is hovering around at an almost four-decade low. In the last two years... Ended 2013, 
80 percent of the decrease in the labor participation uh, labor force participation rate was due to retirement. So even when the employment situation improves and the job prospects improve, it's unlikely that this group will be enticed back into the labor market. So the boomers are finally starting to go away, so to speak. The term baby boomers refers to the cohorts of people born between the years 1946 and 1964, uh, where basically post-World War II we had a big gold baby boom. Um, workers 55 and older are projected to make up about 25.6% of the labor force in 2022. Um, some people will never retire. Keep in mind, the longer you participate in work, the longer you don't retire, uh, the less money you're taking out of your accounts and the more likely that you'll be able to appreciate some golden years in retirement. Uh, but again, that's kind of, I guess, up for debate. Uh, taking a look at the market numbers today, we've got the SP500 down fractions. Last week, we had a very nice week. The Dow is down 23. The NASDAQ's up 4. The 10-year Treasury sits at 268 that tells you that there's some fear and stress out there. A lot of people are parking money in the 10-year Treasury for the safety of it. There's a New York Times article about Jamie Dimon, where a Chinese official begged Jamie Dimon to uh, put a, a member of his family on staff. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg is now known as the top giver. Him and his wife, Priscilla Chan were uh, the most generous American philanthropists in 2013. Donation of 18 million shares of Facebook stock provided $970 million. Interesting stuff. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Money, investing, and more. You're listening to Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Find me online at robblack.com. Twitter, Rob Black Show. Twitter, Rob Black Show. Um, Facebook fan page, Cron4, Rob Black. Market from Bloomberg World Headquarters in New York. I'm Greg Jarrett. They're in waning consumer confidence kept diners at home. The big Mac seller, which has Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. So last week was a bad week in economic data, which led to a good week in stock performance. You tend not to want that. Like, you want strength in revenue, strength in earnings. But... The stressed job market and the stressed um, job numbers that we saw in particular last week, it was nice. It, it, it gives the Fed that excuse not to taper. It gives the Fed the maybe the ability to say, you know, jobs are so strong, we're going we're gonna to continue to taper. But low cost of money is not the greatest way to drive an economy forever. You want profits and earnings. And profits have been good because of the low cost of money, not because of demand. There's a lot of people who are now starting to think, you know, Congress has got the debt ceiling thing right around their corner. Uh-oh. Um, drama. But even more importantly, Congress should start 
at some point in time working together to come up with some legislation that makes sense. You know, a majority, not a majority, but there's a large amount of tech companies with billions and billions and billions and billions and billions of dollars overseas. And to repatriate those profits, you would be taxed at a 35% tax rate. Um, and to give that back to shareholders in a buyback, you know, 35% of those billions are already gone. No one wants to do that. So one of the ways you get wealthy is managing your tax liability. One of the ways Wall Street gets wealthier is managing their tax liability. I think you get the idea. Uh, one answer being floated as a trial balloon is, you know, make a company like Apple bring back $50 billion, but say, you know, it won't be taxed if you put it into infrastructure. Uh, telecom infrastructure, equipment infrastructure, web infrastructure. SP 500 down fractions, the Dow's down 18, the NASDAQ up 7. Let's welcome in CFP Chad Burton with New Focus Financial. You can find him online at newfocusfinancial.com. Chad, it's been a period of time where we've had a bad economy for what feels ever. We've had a credit implosion in the United States. We've had a housing bust. We've had a tech bust. We've had Europe slow down and Europe maybe fall apart, the European Union. Um, it's all created lower interest rates around the world because as we panic, we put cash into safety, i.e. bonds and government debt, and that's pushed the yields incredibly low, one and a half, one point six, two percent That's pushed mortgage rates low and borrowing costs lower for corporations. So that's what, the, that's what central banks are trying to do. They're trying to make money cheaper. And whether or not that's going to be good in the long term, it's yet to be seen because right now we're in a kind of a world rush to – devalue currencies so that they can you know, reflate out of the situation and, and get their economies growing again. So everybody's kind of, you know, we went for many years on a dollar downtrend, and lately the dollar's been up. Um, but what better time to take your higher currency and start taking advantage of overseas opportunities slowly over time as, as things start to improve overseas? With that said... It's On one hand, it's bad because the yield is so low, but on the other hand, it's a safety issue. On the other hand, it's also going to encourage a lot of growth down the road. As an investor who's 60, you hate low interest rates. As an investor who's 20 or 30, you've got to love those low rates. Yeah, and especially what you also have to look at is the general earnings yield on S&P 500 stocks versus the 10-year Treasury yep. and what that spread is. Because typically, the higher the spread, the higher P-E ratio could be warranted about that, but it makes the bond side of the portfolio for retired people even more confusing because the interest rate or the, the, the income out of those portfolios have, have dropped. The prices are at all-time highs. There will be a period of time where interest rates will reverse. Inflation will tick up because of everybody printing money where you might end up having to have extra cash, higher dividend-paying stocks, and even short the, the mid- to long-term treasuries. There will be a time when that happens. What's fascinating about what you're saying right now, and this is fascinating to me and not to everyone, but I remember 12, 13 years ago on radio and television saying, anytime the 10-year treasury is over 4, 5, 6%, you buy bonds. Anytime it's under 4, 3%, you definitely buy stocks. Yeah. That seems antiquated. You've got to watch the bond market. It's smarter than the stock market. A, a sovereign country's bonds will tell you when there's a crisis sooner than their stock market will. Absolutely. But you can't use that. I mean, that was written in stone. Yeah. You know, 6% on 10-year, you buy bonds. You don't think stocks because that's a great, safe return. Mm -hmm. Anything under 4%, you buy stocks because you've got to take that risk because any, you can't, the safety of 3% yields on a 10-year treasury isn't going to keep up with inflation. Yeah. So 
you know, if we if we look at any kind of a growth situation, stocks could be underpriced. But what you have to look at then is not only the earnings yield versus the 10-year treasury, but margins in companies. Because commodity prices have come down, productivity is way up. So margins have expanded to an all-time high versus GDP. And if if commodity prices go up as a result of a falling dollar, that could that could kind of squeeze margins. So you have to really look at interest rates and margins right now. But until something changes, equities look attractive. I saw that at one point in time in 2012, John Deere borrowed money at a record low cost. Corporate America is flush with cash. Mm-hmm. Down the road, when they feel better about employment numbers or new hirings, they're going to have to build some new buildings. Um, this is a great time for the U.S. government to be borrowing money because we're borrowing at low cost. So there are some – and for me, I've got to refi on my mortgage, save right. an extra 600 bucks a month. That's going to be future economic spending. And thank God for it, because otherwise I would feel really – I'd feel a little bit more grim, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, if, with all of this debt that's been refinanced over the longer period of time and with Operation Twist buying longer-term bonds, we could be setting up for a, a good decade of, of nice growth if our Congress keeps spending level. If. But if they continue to spend more and more money yeah. during this time, then we've got issues. Spinning your way out of a recession works sometimes. Spinning your way out of a recession doesn't work every time. You've got to stimulate out of a recession. Yeah. You don't want to spend out of a recession. Number one thing I would like to see Congress do is uh, make it easier for small businesses to hire, make it easier for small businesses to make money. It, they can do that with certainty on what, what our tax bracket's going to be and what our health care costs are going to be. Isn't it crazy we live in a kind of a fluctuating tax bracket world? Over the last decade, yeah. I mean, look at all the changes in tax code between the, the you know two presidents that we've had and... You know, you see times where capital gains were cut during a Democratic president and the market rallied, yeah. but yet you continue to talk about higher taxes when the economy is failing? That's it's ridiculous. With that said, that's CFP Chad Burton. CFP Chad Burton, you can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. And I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Don't be shy today. Drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. That's rob at robblack.com. I always have something, you know, uh, you always have something financial that you want to talk about, so don't be shy. Find me on Twitter, Rob Black Show. Find me on Facebook group page, I Hate Rob Black, or Facebook uh, fan page, Cron4 Rob Black. I do have a retirement and planning and bond alternative event coming up, which you can do to avoid running out of money in retirement. Uh, CFP Chad Burton will run through that with me. Um, we'll go over some bond alternatives. We'll go over the economy. We'll go over some stock ideas, much, much more. Coming up in Pleasanton at the Sheraton Hotel, Thursday, February 27th, 6.30 to 9 p.m. Listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. McDonald's is about to open its first restaurant in Vietnam. Very interesting. Um. 24 years ago, 
Rush, uh, Russia opened up their first McDonald's. Now they have 400 McDonald's. Some of them are the highest volume McDonald's in the world for McDonald's. The restaurant's going to be located in Ho Chi Minh City. It's going to be the first drive through restaurant. It's seen as a sign of some of the rising wealth in Vietnam. In Vietnam, McDonald's is considered family entertainment. Uh, the employees have been, you know, doing everything we can to get up speed in training sessions. Did you know, and I know this is never a good thing when you're starting a sentence with McDonald's with did you know, McDonald's only has four shapes for their nuggets. Um, wow. The nuggets come in shape of a bell, shape of a ball, shape of a boot, and a bow tie. The bow tie is also called bone. The shapes are all the same width, and they're all pressed out with a rolling cookie cutter. If you ever watch McNuggets, uh, and there's going to be a fantastic, uh, not, I'm not going to say, I can't say positive things about it because I haven't seen it yet. But there's a big movie coming out that's you know kind of funded by a Chipotle angle on the value meal and eating for a dollar. So the reason that they're all got these standard shapes is why um, it's all tied towards cooking time, consistent cooking time. So they're all shaped uniquely so that, you know, there's different shapes that you're like, eh, that's kind of nice to see that this isn't all processed, but it is all processed. It's just, it's processed to fool you a little bit. The nuggets are fried and frozen, packaged for shipping. So, um, yeah, 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 yeah. So there you go. Um, Odd story of the day. Bob Marley's son is building a coffee empire. Now, there's another story of the day that there's a restaurant in Los Feliz, California. Los Feliz, called Dumb Starbucks. And basically, they're using, it looks like a Starbucks in every way, shape, and form. And they're saying, hey, it's a parody. They can't, you know, get mad at us for using their logo. The son of legendary late musician Bob Marley started a coffee company in 2009. Um... What's interesting is, you know, he started with 52 acres of farmland in Jamaica. He told the farmers, do not use pesticides. If you use any chemicals on this property, I'll come and cut down every tree, and you won't have a farm. So it's called Marley Coffee. It's sold in thousands of stores worldwide in North America. It's biggest market. More than 8,800 stores are going to start selling Marley Coffee this year, up from 300 a year ago. There's some exciting growth, 1.4 million to 4.6 million. So, that's, yeah, okay, right? Yeah. No good way of investing in that angle other than to say, you know, coffee has growth. Uh, the sad part is a lot of the names of great songs that you know growing up, uh, Get Up, Stand Up, Buffalo Soldier, Simmer Down, One Love, Mystic Morning, um, all going to be put into the name of the coffees. Very, very commercial. Oh, curling's on today. I'm calling in sick. There's something about curling that's fascinating. And it, is there a drinking game tied towards it that anyone knows of? Because I, I, I don't. I don't. I don't. But if I'm going to be watching curling all day. Um, so, yeah, the, the Bob Marley story is okay. It's not the greatest. It's not the worst. 
right? 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, let's take a look at some market numbers, see how we're doing. Last week we had a good week on bad news because it gives the Federal Reserve you know, that, that excuse of, well, we're going to keep monetary policy cheap. But the bad news we got was also tied towards some maybe health-related hiccups. So is it bad news or is it just going to get better fast? SP 500 is down 2, the Dow's down 34, the NASDAQ up 5. Joining me now, Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. He's a mortgage lender. How are you, Tony? I'm well. Let's talk about 15-year, well, let's talk about mortgages, their product. There's a 30-year product where you get a, you know, borrow $500,000 for 30 years. You pay interest on it. Uh, there's a 15-year, there's a 10-year, there's a 5-year, there's a 3-year. And after 3 years, if you haven't paid off, it balloons. And suddenly you owe everything, so you have to refinance that, which is appropriate. Like, for instance, if I were in media and I'm moving a lot, or you know, you get the idea. Like, right. So one of the one of the product sets available to people are short-term arms, but they're fixed for a certain period of time. So if you, for example, are moving quite often, you can set the term of that fixed period for the time frame that you plan on staying in that that property. Unless you plan on buying a property and keeping it for a long period of time, maybe turning it into a rental and then moving buying another property, then moving, you'd get a 30-year fixed. But most people that do that kind of transient work, they're yeah. going to get like a five-year arm because the rate's almost three-quarters percent lower than the 30-year fixed. Why give away money when you can simply just get a shorter-term loan? When I got into this business 15-plus years ago, I quickly learned that a mortgage is a product, that it's great because it doesn't readjust for inflation. It's great because it's a way of borrowing a large amount of money for a low cost that has a tax deduction likely to it. There's a lot of reasons to love it as a financial tool, but that's when mortgage rates were at 8 9% for a 30-year, you know, the 15-year, it just didn't make sense. Now, 15 years on a lot of cases makes sense. If you could afford, if you've maxed out your retirement, you don't need to save any extra money for retirement, you, you're saving a lot for retirement, a 15-year versus a 30 does make sense for some yeah. people. As the rates are as low as they are right now, it gives a many more people an opportunity to manage that mortgage debt. Uh, a quick example, if you had a 5% mortgage or a 5.5% mortgage back uh, in 2008, or for example, and you can turn that into a 15-year today, five years later, uh, your payments might even be the same, and you're going to knock off 10 years off your loan. And that's 10 years of interest that you don't have to pay. So going into a 15-year can make a lot of sense for many, many, many people. Um, the, the spread between the 30-year and the 15-year is something that a lot of people are paying attention to as well. It, it historically is around 0.4%. Now it's up to 0.75, almost 0.8, meaning that there's a large, large spread between those two rates and giving you that payment savings. And it's, but it, what it, there's a really simple formula that a lot of people can follow. You simply take your current loan yeah. payment, multiply by the remaining term, and that equals a dollar amount that you're going to pay to have that loan for that period of time. You take a new loan, like a 15-year, Times, uh, so it's 180 months times the new payment, and that equals a certain dollar amount. That's usually lower because you're paying for a shorter period of time. You're paying less interest at a lower interest rate. It, it, the payment might be a little bit higher, so if you can afford it, that can sometimes make a lot of sense. With that out there, it's good to run scenarios, and you kind of lost me a little bit there. I'm a little bit sloppy on my mortgage math, and I need help. I need scenarios run, and I've done a lot of loans with you. And one thing that I'll say is, show me a 30-year, show me a 15-year, show me 
good credit, bad credit. So, like, I want to see because I'm a very visual, visual eater. I like to eat data. Uh, yeah, and, I got, uh, and I got that when I first got in the industry in, in the mid-2000s. A lot of people just wanted payment, payment, payment. So it's become more uh, of a practice in our industry to, to explain these, these types of scenarios to people. As a matter of fact, we're required to list out different options for borrowers so that yeah. they can see what a 15-year does, what a 30-year does, what are the payment options, if you buy points, if you don't buy points. So these things are now a practice that we do. So I, I can understand that a lot of people still just want to say, what's my 30-year, what's my 15-year? I'll make the decision. There's a lot that, more that goes into it. Every 10 years in my personal property, I like to either take money out or sell the house and buy different properties. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like the 30-year mortgage. I keep my payment low. I build equity slowly. Uh, for my rental properties, I like right now the 15-year mortgage because I'm able to pay them off faster. Depreciation is going to happen. That's fine. Um, but also, I like being cash flow positive. Yeah. And if I can be cash flow positive on a 15-year, done. If I can be cash flow positive by having it paid off, done. Again, with the rates as low as they are, you're able to do that on a consistent basis where you go five years, re-amortize for 30 years, pull some money out. Yep. It's something that a lot of people can do right now. That's why the industry is so... I, I think it's one more of the catalyst of why prices are going up because so many people are doing the, what they call the step-ups. So when I take money out of my house every 5, 10, 15 years by either refinance or selling the house, I'm using the mortgage to sell the house. I'm just selling off 200000 of it every slowly in chunks. Mm-hmm. Um, people don't grasp that concept. It is a very powerful tool, a mortgage, especially if you learn how to use it for your better and not necessarily for the bank's better. That's Tony Mendez. You can find him at BayAreaLoanSource.com. It's BayAreaLoanSource.com. So Danish Zoo put down a healthy giraffe feeding the corpse of the lions. But they, what was shocking to me was they did it in front of kids. And literally, you put it down, you do an autopsy, you pull out the chainsaws, you cut it up, you throw it to the lions. The killing of Marius, two-year-old giraffe... Uh, it took place Sunday morning, despite a flood of protest and an adoption offer. Um, people are really upset by this. Killing a giraffe in front of visitors. Um, really, really tragic thought. It was tied towards some inbreeding issues. Could have snipped them, maybe, right? Nope. Different countries see things a lot differently than we do. You're this Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Talk all things financial. What do you want me to talk about? Drop me an email, Rob at robblack.com. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Don't be shy. Uh, Become a better investor is my goal. And, you know, year over year, we should become more good at what we do. Don't you wish you knew then what you know now kind of thing? You should always be striving. Everything's awesome. 
That was the uh, angle on last week. So we had a tough Monday, but we had a good Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So roaring back up 3.2%. Nice week. But again, it was tied towards weaker data. So the Lego movie, fantastic. Uh, They've got a franchise Warner Brothers does there. So, I didn't really grow up on Legos. I was kind of an overseas kid, which you would imagine I did more Legos, but for some reason I didn't. I wish I had a better answer for you than that. But the second largest February opening weekend ever. That's nothing to, you know, laugh at. That's not bad. Second largest movie opening weekend ever. Not cartoon, not movie opening. $69 million. That's like a, it's not quite a summertime movie opening, but pretty darn close. Um, so they've got a franchise, and they're talking pretty big about how 20-somethings, 30-somethings, and kids all dug it. Will there be another one? There will. There was even a bit of a tearjerker scene in the movie. Uh, from what I hear, I don't want to spoil anything, so I'll just be quiet. I know you're saying, you not spoil something? I know. Shark Tank, this was fascinating. Shark Tank averaged 541,000 viewers in replays for the month of January for CNBC. Shark Tank is saving CNBC's prime time. It had disintegrated to a fresh 20-year low of 37,000 people. But now it's pulling in a pretty nice, very attractive... um, about 10 times that, 8 times that, 276,000. Total for the month of January was just 541,000. No one really watches CNBC, but Shark Tank definitely helping. And I guess if we were to try to pull an angle from it, what angle would we be pulling? Is people are trying to come up with business models. People are trying to come up with get rich quick. People are trying to come up with... um, Ways out of a tough economy. That's heart. Shark clip of the day. Join us tomorrow when we'll be reviewing Jaws 37. You remember Jaws 3D? When the 3D was really, really bad. So Jenny Yellen's going to testify tomorrow before Congress. Nothing expected other than maybe some calmness that comes out of her. You know, she'll talk a little bit about Argentina, what's going on down there. If you were watching the Olympic opening ceremonies, they did something kind of cool this year. Uh, they put this country's population when people marched in. So, Mexico, 112 million people. Um, I don't think there's a lot there, other than to say that the problems that Turkey's having now do make you remember the problems they had in the past where they had to devalue their currency. But they're not as big of problems, which is worthy of noting. Dow transports are weighing on industrial stay after coming up short on the 50-day moving average on Friday. Strength today seen in healthcare, technology, materials, utilities, weakness, and consumer discretionary, energy, financials, and industrials. Uh, Oil has been slowly climbing off those lows. For the morning, oil, when it's moving higher, sometimes can tell you things like world economies are doing okay. We started the day off 
in the green. Now we are clearly in the red in every major group. The major groups include the Dow Jones Industrial Average down 51 to 15,742. The SP 500 down four, sitting at 1792. Nasdaq down one, sitting at 4124. There's an AOL story this weekend where the owner, or the CEO of AOL, um, Tim Armstrong, talked about changing some of the benefits policies. Like, do you get a 401k match at the end of the year, even if you leave the company in the middle of the year? But he also talked about distressed babies costing the company. Um, it wasn't the coolest thing to say. You can imagine if you're a mom of a distressed baby that that is kind of freaky. Uh, a, you don't want your kid being talked about. And B, you don't want your kid being talked about in your, your birth. So it is worthy of noting that you know, the whole mama care thing has changed the way some companies are approaching healthcare, saying, you know, look what, we don't really want to offer all this. This is a lot of paperwork. You go do it yourself. So the two AOLers that had distressed babies, um, they put some strain. When you're a smaller company, you can have some strain put on your uh, cost structures if something goes bad and that baby needs health care for years and years to come. So Armstrong said there's two babies that were born distressed, that were born that we paid a million dollars each to make sure those babies were okay. Those things add up to our benefit costs. Um, he has reversed his decision on the 401k. There's been some media firestorm against him. This is one of those stories that I can't, that I'm just not that good at. Um, I wish that I could say something different here, but I'm just going to look like a jerk no matter what happens. Um, it's one of those stories that I can't possibly explain and add any value for you. And I apologize for that. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. You can find me at Twitter, Rob Black Show. You can find me on Facebook, Cron4 Rob Black. Big event coming up in Pleasanton, Wealth Preservation, Bond Alternatives and Retirement. You can sign up for the event at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Family Law is Family Life with Attorney Travis Kropelka. Good morning. I am Travis Kropelka. This is Family Law is Family Life. This is my new radio program here on... Time for a new... We're people that can help you grow. Simply put, we help people buy and sell businesses and franchises. We're part of a national network, but we specialize in right here. Want to sell your... Prepared. Visit fireadapted.org for tips to get started. Are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network. This station, its management owner, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800 516 1220. So call in, we'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. 
I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money invested in more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. There's some stories out there today. Um, I thought one that was probably just the most odd is the dumb Starbucks, Los Angeles coffee shop, um, baffling people. I have to imagine Starbucks attorneys hit the roof when they saw this. It's a store that looks identical to Starbucks, except for the word dumb being prefixed to the title. It tells you a little bit about the power of branding, um, copyright potential. They were giving away free coffee this weekend. This is down in Southern California. And I have to imagine this goes to court or get shut down fast because Starbucks has too much invested in their name and their brand. The cup looks um, similar. The sign looks similar. The barista looks similar. Um, they even have some, you know, parody dumb, Nor- dumb Nora Jones songs, dumb jazz standards. Standards. Again, when you invest in Apple, you're getting part of the brand. When you invest in Microsoft, you're getting part of the brand, Dean, the name, the brand awareness. So. Um, I don't want to beat that one too much because I, it's a good story. It's not a great story, but it, it does show you the you know, true value of a company. There's more to a company than just the stock price. Um, sometimes there's huh, management and much, much more, obviously, product. And these are some things that you should be able to write down and tell me why you like a company. There's some odd business practices that sometimes go a little bit too far, and shows like this could you know, come to a grinding halt. Like Amazon.com, for instance, when they're interviewing you, they'll ask you questions. Um, and I don't really like getting into that, because I think that's the quirky side of business that is a little bit on the silly side. Um I don't know. I'll just drop it right there because clearly I'm getting into it and I don't want to get into it. So Shark Tank is savings ratings for CNBCs. What's interesting about that is it shows you a couple things. Business is like financial porn, CNBC, that we want the, you know, Bernie Madoff stories to make us tune in. We want the uh, Lehman Brothers collapse or the AIG bonuses. We want something sexy if we're going to invest our time in it. And but bringing on Shark Tank, they, it's, they, they're appealing to people who are, want to be entrepreneurs because I don't think most people under the age of 35 think the system's helping us right now. So we go a little bit, you know, to the maybe I can come up with a business idea. A little bit of that. I think that's part of what that show sells. Zuckerberg was one of the biggest givers. He was the biggest giver in 2013. He and his wife threw out $970 million from the Silicon Valley nonprofit, most of it in stock. The top 50 contributors made donations last year at $7.7 billion, plus pledges of future $2.9 billion. I did a charitable event this weekend tied towards a school, and I was a little surprised. What I, I noticed very clearly 
was that a lot of the families, they were a little maxed out. Whereas a lot of the grandparents, they had a little bit more. It tells you, you know, it's kind of a no-brainer obvious right there, right? Families are still in the throes of getting their kids into school, out of school, through school. Whereas grandparents have a, a budget. And if they're grandparents in the Bay Area, California, they've probably done pretty well. It's the idea, right? So... That's kind of a telling insight, in my opinion. It was the grandparents who had a lot more disposable income versus the families, which tells me this is a typically that's not necessarily always the case. Uh, if you look at most Americans, you would think that the grandparents live in poverty in retirement, and the kids, you know, are the big spenders. It tells you things are a little bit problematic in the Bay Area. It's very expensive to raise a family here. Very expensive. Payrolls report in the United States, 100,000 service sector jobs went missing. Last week's good news was bad news on the market equals cheaper monetary policy. Reactions continued flooded on Friday's data, showing worse than expected forecast, 113,000 jobs. As I did the show on Friday, it was interesting to watch. Market go up, market go up, market go up, because there wasn't enough jobs created. No! We celebrate the stories like Boeing saying today that their fleet of planes are going to triple in Asia. We celebrate that, and we go, we get it over the next 20 years. There's a lot of growth in Asia. It's kind of spooky um, to say to yourself that I'm only going to invest in America. America. I think you could probably get the job done. But I think you'd be smart to be diversified and say, see that, you know, Boeing's not talking for a tripling of the fleet in the U.S. They're not talking for a tripling of the fleet in Africa. They're not talking about tripling the fleet in South America. They're talking about Asia. They're a big business. And, and what they're saying is disposable incomes and low airfares. Offered by budget carriers, most notably in Southeast Asia. What they're saying to me, and I'm hearing it loud and clear, is that disposable incomes, the rise of disposable incomes. I'm not going to go and say it was a very, very poor part of the country that's gone to poor. It's gone from poor to low middle class, middle class, upper middle class. Um, And that's when you spend money. When you have no paycheck, you don't spend a lot. You sit on the farm. When you have a paycheck, you go, wow, that was really a tough week. I'm going to go get something. And you become a consumer. So I think that's kind of the Carl Icahn story. It's a good one. It's not as good as that one. The Boeing story to me is the best, sexiest. Probably not to media, though. Carl Icahn's given up his push on Apple. I own shares of Apple. He's one of the biggest Apple shareholders. He wanted them to buy $150 billion back of their shares, and he's settling for $50 billion. But then he's like, I, this isn't going to get through. I can't tell them what to do. It would be nice if I could, but I can't. What's interesting to note about it is Apple's kind of become aggressive with their buybacks. 
something like $17 billion last week when their stock went to 500. Bought it. This 501, 502, 501, 500. Bought it. Um, so they're aware that they see some value there. And they're also aware that the company pays a dividend, and every share they buy back, they don't have to pay that dividend. And when you're borrowing money at near zero, sometimes it can make sense. The problem for Apple is that they've got too much money overseas and not enough here. It's an interesting problem to have. Dr. Oz. Why do I dislike him so much? To get your calls on the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Got a big event coming up in Pleasanton soon. A couple Thursdays plus from now. You can find out more about the event at robblack.com. At AM 1220 KDOW. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Thanks so much for listening to the show. Do catch me on television at 645 and 915 in the morning on Channel 4 Cron. Do listen to New Focus on Wealth from 1 to 2 today. Understand that um, there's different ways to skin the cat. And I think the best way is is a slow, methodical approach. I never, ever believe in reaction. I never believe in panic or fear. Um, I met with, and I did a big channel about Saturday night, a hedge fund guy. That I was like, the media makes you guys out to be worse than personal injury attorneys. I was like, yeah, I know. He wasn't the most compelling person. Um, I think he's in his own world. I think uh, it's tough to do that job and to do it without knowing that people aren't going to get what you do. Um, George Soros, not George Soros, but um, Warren Buffett, you know, made a bet a couple of years ago with uh, some hedge fund guys that the S&P 500 would beat them over time. Gave them a long period of time to, to outperform the S&P 500 just in case there was a blip. Gave the, the S&P 500 a long time just in case there was a blip. SP 500 is killing it. So we don't need the hedge fund industry. That's been proven. And they can sit there and, and say we're needed as much as they want to, blue in the face, but we don't need them. To get your calls in the air, it's 800 1220 It's 800 1220 Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. In fact, I would go as far as to say that some of the ideas of hedge funds trading in and out of positions in you know one minute, two minute, three minutes, it's... I'm not going to say it's un-American, but it tells you something's not quite right. The S&P 500 is down 3, the Dow's down 41, the Nasdaq up 6. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton. We know that estate plan laws change on a regular basis. High income got hit a little bit in the 2012-2013 changes. How will that affect what the high income gives to charity? CFP Chad Burton, New Focus Financial, what's your thoughts? Well, you know, I think... All in all, in terms of charity, any kind of a tax increase tends to hurt charitable contributions. Right. Um, it just takes more out of people's pocket when a tax increase goes up, so charities don't like to see that type of a tax increase. Um, 
we did get an extension of one thing that's actually a, a pretty good deal for people that have higher, higher net worth, worth. And you have, let's say you're a person, you've got plenty of assets to live, and you give on a regular basis. And you hit 70 and a half, and you're forced to pull money out of your IRAs. And you don't really need it to live. You're going to leave it to your favorite charity or your kids. Well, one of the things you can do through 2013 is you can take your minimum required distribution up to $100,000 and give it directly to charity and avoid paying taxes on it. In the past, there used to be complicated amounts in terms of how much you could write off, but they, the IRS through 2013 allows you to deduct that. You, uh, you know, get as taxable income, but turn around and deduct 100% of it right away as long as it goes directly to charity. So that's one good thing. But some of the high-income earners, so really who got hit with the tax increases, you know, January 1st, 2013, is people that mostly make over 450000 filing jointly or 400000 single. People that make over two fifty, they have a, a slight increase in their um, uh, dividends and capital gains uh, taxes. Yep. Um, but they're still at the 15% bracket. There's a 3.8% increase, but really who can benefit? Wealthy people that make over four fifty. It really, I think, will cause the use, again, of what's called charitable remainder trusts, which are some of – it's one of my favorite planning techniques because everybody wins except for the IRS. So that will cha- that'll change. No, I, I don't think it will. I think really? this will be around for a long time just because it, it, it benefits charity so much, and it doesn't really take a, a lot out of the government's pocket. So let's say you're 60 years old and you've got a bunch of low basis stock. And you want to sell 500000 of this stock, essentially as a zero-cost basis. Maybe you were an early investor. Maybe it was ESPPs or options that you got from where you used to work. And it's rallied a lot. So you've got 500000 You really want to sell it and you know, start income producing from that asset. But in California, if you're a high-income earner and you've got $500,000 of capital gains, you're going to pay about $169,000 in taxes, right, if it's a gain of that much. So what you could do instead is you could pick your favorite charity that you want to have benefit after you die, and you can create a charitable remainder trust. So once you create the trust, you have an attorney drafted up, you create it, it's irrevocable, um, and then you open a brokerage account in the name of that trust, and you transfer the shares in kind into that trust. And you're going to get a largest tax deduction depending on your age and how much you say you're going to pull out each year. So that could be around 110000 bucks, for example, depending on how you set it up. And you can use that deduction up over five years. So really what that could do is that gift of 500000 into a charitable remainder trust could create about a $49,000 tax benefit. We can reduce your tax liability over five years by about 49000 And once that stock, Rob, is in the trust, you can turn around and sell it and re-diversify your portfolio without any current capital gains taxes because the trust is shielded from that original sale of that assets. And then you can take income for life, and let's say that's six percent or thirty grand a year. Um, so you're able to sell it without a big capital gain state. You get a large tax deduction and income for life. Um, and then your charity wins after you pass away. The only thing you have to do is make sure that you want to benefit your kids. So there's a, another step that you have to take. Um, and this is one area where life insurance comes into play in planning, and um, it, it's called an irrevocable life insurance trust. So what you've just done is you win because you get income for life and you get a large tax deduction, right. your charity wins because they're going to get what's left over in that trust when you pass away. So what you have to do to replace that for your heirs is you set up another trust called an irrevocable life insurance trust, and you take some of that $30,000 a year of income that you have and buy a $500,000 life insurance policy that's held in the trust, and then the kids get that completely tax-free. So the only person that's, the only entity that's out of the picture 
is Uncle Sam. They don't get you know they don't get the estate tax when you die. They don't get that initial huge capital gains tax, and you get a tax deduction, which essentially helps pay for the life insurance. So it's a great estate planning tool if you are wanting to benefit a charity, you're a high-income earner, and um, and you need to get rid of some low basis stock, for example. I like it. It's an evolution. As tax laws change, you have to evolve with the time, see what's available. That was CFP Chad Burton talking a little about higher income plays with estate planning and helping charities so that they get theirs and everyone's pleased with the outcome. It's Rob Black and Your Money on the Wall Street Business Network. One of the things I don't like doing is talking about individual stocks is buy, sell, or holds. I like to get to know you, and I like to be patient, um, trying to figure out what you need. We have a guy here who works at Channel 4 Cron who, uh, you know, he always will say things to me like, hey, brother, hey, brother, he calls me brother. Like, hey, brother, um, heck, I left uh, FedEx a while ago when I got some money sitting in an account. What should I buy? Like, i got to kind of get to know you. It, it's not a date, but I need to know what you need. I need to know what your time frame is. I need to know your risk suitability, your risk experience. Big event coming up in Pleasanton. A couple Thursdays from now, it's a Thursday evening event. You can sign up for the event at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Don't be shy. Bond Alternative, CFP Chad Burton will be there. Take a break here. Be right back. When I grow up, I want... You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. Hi, everybody. It's me, Rob Black. Talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Um, weirdest thing about the Winter Olympics for me? Not weirdest. Curling. Clearly, I'm still... I'm not going to be like, yuck, 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 yuck with you here on that one. I'm not going to go there. But like uh, women's hockey right now, Finland and Canada are caught in a scoreless tie. Women's hockey. And Canada's ever, never, ever, never lost to a team other than the United States in women's hockey. I know you're saying a lot of people are saying, uh, there's women's hockey? I'm in. What's crazy about it is the United States won a game earlier today, 9 nothing. Hopefully that's not a spoiler alert. Here, maybe I should put that on now. Spoiler alert. So the United States wins 9 nothing. And uh, what's kind of cool is... Uh, Amanda Kessel scored, and her brother plays for the U.S. men's hockey team. Um, you see them celebrating, and, you know, it's like when men play hockey, they hit each other, like there's an explosion. When the women hit each other, it's more like they're bouncing off each other kind of politely. It's a different game. It's the game you would want to teach your kid how to play hockey, watching women play hockey. Uh, same thing with basketball. It teaches you the fundamentals because men have gotten so far away from all the fundamentals of passing the ball, of, you know, foul shots. Anyway, I'm just going to be quiet from here on in. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. One area that I'm really, really passionate about is savings. And I know this is where I'm going to start sounding a little creepy. But 
we got to get you to retirement. Like, this has to happen. Because if not, then I'm going to have to pay more taxes in retirement to fund your below average retirement. Saving more for retirement doesn't have to be complicated. It pays off in the long term. Investors turn the page every year on new New Year, and I love getting older. There's some things that happen in life that make it worth it, and there's things that happen in life that make it a little bit more frustrating. But my 401k, I get to reset every year and start maxing it out again. And, uh, you know, I have an employer match. Sure. Yay, that's great, right? Take full advantage of it. That's the number one reason, you know, to up your 401 contributions. Your 401k contributions, if you can up them, um, they take you a far way. It's do it early, and you'll you'll be loving it. Ba da ba ba ba. I'm loving it. Thank you. So by saving for retirement, which you should do anyway. You're effectively giving yourself a raise if your company's giving you any sort of match. And that's nice. Tax benefits, even if you don't have a 401k, you can reap big tax benefits. From old man Uncle Sam, by saving more for retirement in 401ks. That's because the money you put into this plan is taken out before taxes. And even if not, at least you get to avoid paying the tax man up front and having that money put up to work for you. A $1,000 contribution to a 401k will turn into three. $3,300 in 25 years with a modest 5% return. That's not bad. Your money makes little baby monies. Average in. Some folks wait until they get a windfall, like a big bonus, to fund their retirement plan. But what happens if you can take a big pile of cash and push it in the stock market right before a crash? Um, that's fantastic. You know, Even the best minds on Wall Street can't time the market. And I like buying on a consistent basis. It takes part of the equation of greed and fear out of it for me. It's an invisible savings account for retirement. 59% of Americans spend their entire paycheck. So in your 401k, if you're maxing out your 401k before you get the paycheck, it's one way of saying go out and spend. I'm not against you doing it. So I did a little auction this weekend for a charitable event. And I'm not against spending money. Like, there was, you know, some of those auctions, they're incredible deals there because some people are hesitant to spend. So, like, if you know you're going to go to a Sharks game this season, why not bid under cost on tickets? If you know you want to go to Tahoe, there was a $3,500 a week Tahoe rental that went for $1,000. Like, Maybe there's some blackout exclusions that piss you off or anger you. I've gone, you know, timeshares. A lot of people get timeshares and they don't know what to do with them, so they basically give them away to charities. Great way to find a cheap, 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 cheap vacation. Um, so when I turn 50, I'm going to start doing, you know, catching up. I'm going to start putting more money into my 401k. Experts want you to have, you know, 10 to 12 times your peak annual earnings before you hit retirement. So if you make $100,000, you need to have at least $1 million to $1.2 million to maintain your lifestyle. Chances are a lot, most people who are listening to this aren't going to hit that because it sounds like a big number to most people. I want you to have as much as 20. 
if you have kids and potentially want to leave money to kids, or if you have kids and you potentially might have some health care costs creep up on you and hit you. Um, but what's even more interesting about that is I have, you know, I'm good. But I still, at times, would be like, you know, I should just keep working. I don't think I should stop yet. I, th- I think I should keep working. Um, I don't know. I, I think there's something in there that's correct. So, last week, the market went up on bad news, right? 113,000 jobs created in January. Um, the ADP number said 160,000 private sector jobs were created during the month. So, those two numbers don't add up. It's as if a lot of service sector jobs disappeared. So, the, you know, the, the headline number... Uh, it doesn't pass the proverbial sniff test, which, for the record, if you're out there sniffing stuff to see if it's good or bad, if there's something gone terribly wrong in your life. Um, Yahoo and Yelp partnered on a local search. That's very, very interesting. Yelp has got really good connectivity. Yahoo does not. Yahoo. Yahoo's got mobile, and I'll flash around mobile. I'll dance around it. I'll dance around Yahoo sites. Okay, let's do it right now. Let's let's see what's going on in the world of Yahoo. Ooh, a woman was called slut on a Bank of America credit card. So the offer received at her mom's house was addressed to Lisa is a slut McIntyre. So what happened was someone filled out a credit report or credit application, and they put that name on it, or they did an email list and they put that name on it. And it gets into the system. In this day and age, you know, uh, you're not going to be able to figure this out. Uh, Now, you would have thought that Bank of America has, like, some sort of parsing technology to figure out, like, that's a dirty word, let's cut it. So, what happened was she did well in college, and she ended up on the honor roll. And someone was... Punching into her, uh, you know, certificate for college. Well, not a certificate for college. Someone was punching in, you know, her grades or something. And they didn't like her. Um, so they wrote in, Lisa's a slut. So, uh, it tied towards a, a honor society database for almost 10 years. That's kind of funny, right? But it shows you also the, the, how fast mistaken identity happens. It shows you how fast data gets sold and resold and reused. Yelp makes a relationship with Yahoo because Yahoo's not connected. I read that story. It was mobile. I didn't click through. I'm not going to post it on anything. I don't need it ever again. It's gone. So very low on the tie to me scale. Now Yelp, on the other hand, which I think Facebook's going to get into the business of Yelp at some point in time, uh, Yelp, Joe, Jeremy Stoffman, and I was in his apartment 12 plus years ago and the company was just a baby of a company. And I didn't really much care for the business concept and I was wrong. Um, so now when I'm on vacation or I'm on holiday, or even if I just like uh, got an event coming up in Pleasanton, I'll jump on my mobile phone, I'll connect to Yelp. I'll find some restaurants that are close by. I'll eliminate the ones that I don't want. 
Sushi, no. Barbecue, no. You know, uh, Italian, sure. Well, good Italian. Let's go for the highest star one in five miles or less. And you can click all these buttons and make all these choices all that much easier. Now, I don't personally put a lot of value in the Yelp reviews, but some people do. Which is kind of tragic because, uh, like, Jim Cramer just opened up a new restaurant in New York, Brooklyn, New York. And I want people all to go on Yelp and trash it and give it one star because I think that's funny. Um, and put up, you know, just the horrific, horrific reviews. But don't do it because what we've learned is sometimes you can be held accountable for that. Slander and libel is starting to hit this 21st century what did you say, and what did you write, and what did you mean by that? And we're going to hold you accountable. So Yelp has that, you know, issue out there. Uh, they've got a lot of data and a lot of reviews. And like I said, to me, I'm, I'm assuming the first five reviews are from the owner, the chef, and the owner and chef's families. And I'm going to assume the next five negative reviews are from the competition, the competition chef, and the competition's family. But Yelp is connected and social, and this was a smart move by Yahoo. Uh, better for Yelp. Kind of wish Apple would buy Yelp so they could get that connectivity that they don't necessarily have. This is Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing more. Stick with us. We'll take a break here. You can find me online at robblack.com. Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. So, got a few emails that I should throw out and address real quick. Um, my radio company sold a commercial during the 8 o'clock top of the hour, and it made it sound like it was the guy who's taken over the 8 o'clock hour. Um, I don't know the guy, I know nothing about this. Management didn't tell me anything. It appears to be just a two-minute commercial. Um, but I got like eight emails saying, like, say it isn't so. Um, as far as I know, it's not so. Uh, I'm still on. It would have been nice if management had the integrity to tell me, kind of warn me, because clearly it was a confusing spot. Um, but it is what it is. It's just it's radio and television, you know. Uh, don't stress too much, but, uh, be cautious. You know, uh, I think it goes to say that uh, if you believe that the two midgets that are on infomercials at 2 a.m. could teach you secrets on real estate so that you could live a fabulous life like them and drive around in Maseratis with tall models and, you know, Hawaiian sunsets, uh, I... I don't know. I don't even know what to say, like, that people actually pay for that kind of information. U.S. economy is headed for a stronger growth in the fourth quarter. Even Chad Burton called me and, and said, like, what's going on? Did you lose your hour? Um, like, people were just flat out surprised. And, again, it's just 
bad communication, and hey, it happens. I knew nothing about it. So the United States is going to see better growth in 2014. Most people feel very comfortable saying this. Uh, the jobless rate, which dipped to a five-year low of 6.6% in January. Well, it was kind of a... These numbers are a little bit goofy right now. Um, jobs gained an average 194,000. Expectations by, by economists are for the unemployment dropped to 6.3% by the end of the year. So that'll have some job growth. And typically when you have job growth, you're like, ooh... You know, those brakes have been squealing that I've been kind of ignoring for a while. I better go spend a couple hundred, what, $300 to get those fixed? Um, people spend their paycheck. I have a lot of confidence in that. There is a fantastically photogenic, ridiculously photogenic Canadian skier named Justine Defour Le Point. Um, her and her sister, she won gold and her sister won silver. Um, for the women's moguls. What's interesting is uh, there's just some really, really sweet pictures that came out of this. Two sisters winning gold and silver. They're holding hands on the podium. And the girl who wins gold, she just, she's ridiculously, ridiculously photogenic. And she's crying during the, her national anthem. So let the mims begin, right? I'm curling on today. There's a good chance I check out here today, finish my TV show, and then just get lost in curling. I do like the Olympics and even the Winter Olympics on the, the angle of young people at the prime of their life. Um, doing what they've loved to do since they're little kids, more often than not. So stocks are kind of ch- choppy today. Not great. There's some nice stories like Boeing, Sea, and Asia, Pacific Fleet nearly tripling over the next 20 years. The Lego movie was a big winner, $70 million for Warner Brothers. It's their first number one opening weekend of the year, but on top of that, it's a franchise. Um, people got into the movie. There were some emotional tugs halfway through the movie when you learn a special insight, which I'm not going to bring up. But they'll make more of those. And when you're making movies with Legos, you're not paying a lot of actors. You know, it, it's not paying Brad Pitt's $40 million, $30 million, $25 million fee. Um, it could be very profitable for a franchise. Carl Icahn's given up on the Apple buyback program. That's a big story today. Eh, he wanted $150 billion, Then he was going to go with $50 billion. So, ah, they did what I did, ask anyway. They were buying back a lot of shares, especially aggressively when they have bad news. They seem to be supporting it above 500 at all costs. Starbucks hitting back against the dumb Starbucks coffee shop. It's pretty obvious that this is a Comedy Central doing something. It's a Los Feliz... Um, coffee shop that opened up over the weekend and it's referred to as Dumb Starbucks uh, that won't be around in a couple of days and it may be cute to poke fun at them but you're being poked fun at it's a gimmick by Comedy Central McDonald's US sales suffer from the cold chilly weather you know more importantly about McDonald's is I think we all know that it's not healthy you shouldn't eat fried foods more than once a week. We kind of all know that. Um, we know that their dollar menu, that you can't make food for that kind of cheap. So what are you doing? What are you putting inside this food to make it? Like, do you remember Wendy's got caught a couple of years ago? That, not Wendy's, but Taco Bell. That their tacos aren't all beef. So they, they literally have to say, 
beef and other products. And you're like, what are the other products? Rubber? What are you putting in? Are you putting galvanized rubber? Google's passed Amazon. No, 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 no. Google passed Exxon to become the number two rated company, most valuable company in the United States. That's good news and bad news. They're now worth $395 billion. It's easy to grow from 10 billion, 20, 20 to 40, 40 to 80, 80 to 160. But you start getting up there with these big numbers, and it's tougher. Shark Tank reruns are saving CNBC's ratings, and again, it tells you that there's not a lot of quality programming out there. When reruns are helping you, it's telling that you've lost a lot of relevancy. Yelp up 3.6% today on the tie with Yahoo. I wonder if we're going to see a lot of M&A this year. I have not put a lot of thought into that. I'd like to see some of these Web 2.0 companies merge together, get a little bit smaller. To find me online, it's robblack.com. Twitter me, Rob Black Show. Got an event coming up in Pleasanton. You can learn more about this retirement event at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. We'll take a break here. Don't forget to listen to New Focus on Wealth, day from 1 to 2. The views and opinions expressed by... Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.